welcome back to episode two of the OK Cube Cast. I'm your OK Cube Caster, Carl Bamer, and sitting in with me, as always, is Lawrence. Lawrence, you want to say anything? Nah, Lawrence is still shy. Why don't you come come closer, Lawrence? What are you What are you doing over there? Lawrence is actually sitting on my couch with his laptop. He's watching some. What, what, Lawrence? What are you? What are you? What are you watching? Olympic women's beach volleyball. Sorry, sorry. Olympic all ass women's beach volleyball. I didn't, I didn't think there was a game on tonight. What? You. You downloaded a torrent of it. Oh, Lawrence, that's... I, I don't know if that's that's just sad or or just some weird kink. You just stay with there. Uh, right, so as as you recall from episode one, I am Carl Mamer, your OKCube cast master, and Lawrence, uh, he is my way too shy, but I guess not shy about some things, uh, kind of computer nerd friend who will eventually come around and actually talk on this podcast. But for now, he's just, I don't know, let's call him my producer. He's my producer. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's not what I call you at work, but whatever. For the sake of the podcast, for the magic of podcasting, people just assume you're my producer. Ah, yeah, Lawrence reminds me. Uh, he, he did not think I did a very good job of selling myself um, on uh, episode one. I, I didn't really think I was supposed to be selling myself. Well, I mean, we're always ultimately selling ourselves. Uh, why even do a podcast if it's not for the fame and uh, and the glory? But he did not think I did a very good job of selling myself on the last uh, episode. Mm, let's see... Let me try and sell Lawrence. Lawrence, um, get just not no shake your shake your head shake your head, Lawrence. If this this is if I get this wrong, uh, you're you're 28. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, right. So Lawrence is a 20 year old. He's a software engineer, and uh, he works with me. He's about you're about you're about five ten. Yeah, you're a good height. Um, beard, not like one of those mountain man beards. It's kind of one of those neatly trimmed. Kind yeah, neat kind of neatly trimmed beards. Yes, there's nothing about your beard that says I'm here to buy thirty pounds of flour, a rasher of bacon, and uh, yeah, kidnap me a, a wife. Uh, again, height, weight, proportional. Yeah, you go to the gym with me sometimes. Some sometimes. Yeah, Lawrence is a fine man. On with today's show, we're going to cover three topics. Topic one: filling in the gaps and. Uh, don't write checks you're not willing to cash. Topic number two, when is a date a date? And topic three, on the subject of deal killers, or at least men and deal killers. First one, filling in the gaps and don't write checks you're not willing to cash. Um, I guess I sort of learned, uh, I sort of learned this geez, way before there was a, such a thing as the internet, uh, before internet dating. Um, I guess back before internet dating, we we met people by actually just sort of going up to them and, you know, asking them out on a date. And uh, so kind of computer nerds, we didn't really get a lot of dates because, you know, we were quite 
right, on the subject of what I call filling in the gaps and uh, not writing checks you're not willing to cash. Uh, basically, basically, what what I mean is when um, when you're online and you you sort of you're looking at a profile and you know you, you get into that you maybe are exchanging uh, messages with the person and you know maybe even sort of. Uh, start talking on the phone, which I sometimes call the uh, "so he's not an axe murderer" call. Sometimes women they use, sometimes they want to uh, they want to talk to you on the phone before uh, actually meeting in real life, sort of seeing what kind of a uh, you know conversation you can kind of carry on in real life and. Uh, you know, make sure you don't sound like an axe murderer. Although I guess probably the most successful axe murderers are very good at you know sounding not like axe murderers. But um, I don't actually mind talking on the phone. I I I, I kind of like it uh, because I will just talk and talk and talk and talk. Also good at listening too. But that's not the the subject of this topic. Um, Anyway, so the thing is that when you're, uh, you know, when you basically all that you know about the person is sort of, you know, some profile pictures and maybe you've heard the sound of their voice and you've, you've exchanged a lot of emails, uh, you're still, you still don't have a real picture of the person. And, and there's this human tendency, um, men and women do it, you, you, you kind of start to fill in the gaps. There's a lot of gaps. You might not even realize there are gaps, but there are. And you begin to sort of fill in the gaps with the qualities of your sort of idealized uh, uh, mate and uh, and then a lot of times you sort of meet the person in real life and you kind of realize wow all these all these gaps you were kind of filling in uh, subconsciously or e even consciously that they're not qu they don't quite match what you were filling them in with you know maybe uh, I, I, apparently I have a strange walk let's just get that out there I walk weird I walk funny I walk like something out of a Don Martin cartoon uh, and I guess maybe sometimes women uh, they think, wow, this guy uh, this guy walks normally, whatever a, a normal walk is. Uh, another strange thing I get sometimes is, um, I, I mean, obviously you know height and stuff like that is is a prominent part of uh, uh, your, your your profile. But uh, yeah, I guess phew, this is actually sort of jumping ahead of maybe into what I want to talk about. But before internet dating where women would kind of just maybe come to you uh, through your words, you know, maybe they knew you through some sort of uh, IRC chat system or, or, or a BBS or in my case, I was in, I was I was a journalist. I was involved in radio and print journalism. Uh, they, 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 there's a lot more gaps to fill in. I, I would meet women in real life after they've sort of, um, you know, sort of, I guess, kind of maybe fell in love with my words. And, and a lot of times the, the the first thing out of their mouth was, uh, "Oh, you know, I thought you'd, I thought you'd be taller," and I guess, I guess I, you know, I like to say I'm five foot eight, but I guess maybe I write at a, a six foot level. Another sort of strange gap. I don't even sort of realize it, but you know, if eventually I do get the woman back to my place, um, a lot of women that the first thing they do is they kind of look around my place and they're like, "You know, I, I, I thought you'd have better furniture." I, I, I can't quite actually figure that one out, but um, I guess the truth is I don't actually have really great furniture. Um, I, I think I know women well enough to know that that women would never really actually like my taste in furniture, no matter how much I've I've spent on it. And um, so ultimately, all my furniture is kind of it's it's disposable. So when I eventually do find my future wife, when we move in together, we get married, and we move in together, uh, you know, and she's like, you know, where is that going besides the trash? I can say, uh, it's going 
into the trash and you know here's my credit card go go furnish honey I'll just let me just get that out there that that uh, uh, you know my my to if my future wife is listening um, you can furnish any part of the house any part of the house is yours except except the kitchen the kitchen is mine the kitchen is my my man cave uh, I control the kitchen which means I do the cooking uh, so uh, if you're kind of a professional woman maybe you're you know you're coming home every night at 10 no problem because I'll have food ready to go glass of wine in your hand and uh, oh it'll be heaven but anyways yeah so the, the kitchen the kitchen is mine so so right so that's another kind of weird gap women sort of fill in I don't know they just assume I've got this brilliant taste in furniture I don't know they, they like the ties uh, and somehow that just translates to this guy uh, this guy knows his way around a crate and barrel but I learned uh like I said, as I said, I learned quite early on, before the internet, before internet dating, not not to you know, not just fill in these gaps, and, and especially uh, as I say, don't I call it not writing checks you're not willing to cash. You know, you you begin to think this person's you know you're 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 a perfect woman, you're a perfect guy, and before you meet them, you you know if you're talking on the phone or email, you begin to write checks uh you know emotional checks things you know you'll do together uh, not necessarily sexually but um you know the wonderful vacations you'll take together or the you know the cottage you will buy together it can run the gamut and and then you meet the person and, and you know it's that they got that weird walk or you know or you know geez, no, i didn't realize her eyes kind of i don't know shook like that and things like that they're just all kinds of weird little things so so do not write these kinds of emotional checks on, until you actually meet the person and decide yes this is a person i want to write emotional checks to um this I actually learned way way back during my uh, student journalism days. I, I was I was uh, I was actually doing a comedy radio show on my my university uh, radio station uh, CJAM, University of Windsor, uh, Windsor's only sound alternative, and um, uh, I had a friend I'll, I'll, call, I'll call her Betty, uh, and Betty she did this uh, overnight DJ shift uh, till I think it was like eleven till I don't know. Four or five in the morning, or something. It, it was it was kind of coveted by a lot of um, a lot of DJs because you could actually play anything you wanted. In, in Canada, I am in Canada. Uh, any American women out there who want free health care? Um, obviously, I'm single. You know my email. Check the webpage yrad.com forward slash ok letter o letter k. Uh, anyway, so uh, um. In Canada, we have a thing called the CanCon, where uh, you have to play a certain percentage of Canadian artists. Uh, and uh, but but overnight, uh, the the CanCon didn't apply, so you can just pretty much spin anything. I mean, you want to spin like uh, you know the sound of car crashes all night, and believe you me, some uh, DJs and uh, student radio would spin sounds of car crashes all night. Uh, fine by fine by the uh, the, uh, yeah, the Ministry of Truth and Culture, I guess. So uh, anyway, so so my friend uh, Betty uh, Lawrence, you, you are keeping please yeah keep track of these pseudonyms. That's that's your one job since you're not actually talking. Uh, but yeah, bet don't no don't say her name. You, you you did meet Betty yes yes we had beers together. Anyways, um, 
Okay, remember Lawrence. Her name is Betty. Anyway, so so Betty, uh, uh, so Betty would do this overnight DJ shift. And and the thing about Betty is Betty had a uh, Betty had this incredibly incredibly sexy voice for radio. I mean, she just sounded like uh, she sounded like she was wet all the time. It was just this just sexy sexy voice. And and now now I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm all that. I'm just you know I'm your just your average. Com- 46 year old unmarried never been married uh computer nerd but uh uh, uh betty 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 kind of looked like a uh in real life betty sort of looked like a um i don't know like a russet potato she was just the, the voice did not match uh uh the 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 body i i know i know lawrence that's that's a little mean don't don't, don't tell betty next time we see her i compared her to a russet potato uh, I will buy your next beer. Keep your, your silence. Yes, thank you, Lawrence. Anyway, so um, yeah, Betty kind of was uh, she was just a very average, average-looking young woman. Uh, not the uh, wet all the time beauty her her voice kind of in, implied. And um, so so Betty was doing this overnight DJ shift, and there was this guy he would call up and he would make requests, and um, and he, and he sort of uh, I, I guess his his musical taste kind of jibed with Betty. You know, he was really into I don't know like Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry, and bands bands like that. Bands that were kind of cool. This is in the eighties, mind you. Uh, bands that were sort of cool in the eighties, and um, and so suddenly Betty noticed this guy. I'll, I'll call him Sean. Uh, we no Lawrence. We've never actually met Sh- Sean. No. He's he's long out of the picture. This is this is the eighties. Anyways, yeah. So we'll call him Sean. His name probably was Sean. Sean, if this story sounds familiar, you're a cocksucker, Sean. Anyways, um, I think I have the do, Lawrence. Do we have the explicit tag on the? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. We do have the explicit tag, so I can say cocksucker, butt muncher. Right. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so um, so Sean would uh, you know would uh start calling in a lot and you know and and uh and Betty kind of liked a lot of his requests and and, and these sort of these very brief sort of request calls sort of turned into you know kind of longer calls and then pretty soon like like really long phone calls and and uh and and then Sean started writing Betty he started writing her like poetry and, and mailing it to the radio station again this is before email so if you wanted to contact somebody that was sort of the way you had to sort of use the old uh, you had to use uh, Canada Post and uh, and and Betty started I don't know she she started kind of being swept off her feet by this this you know this late night stranger and um, one day uh, Betty decided you know that she has to you know she has to kind of meet this guy because you know he's just he's romancing her and this is this is really romantic uh, and uh i think at some point he asked her what she looked like and all that betty would say is that she had she had red hair and uh, again this sort of you know totally fueled sean's fantasy this this raven-haired beauty who is wet all the time so so uh betty she sort of said to uh sean you know that during the weekend, she worked at kind of like an ice cream parlor downtown, and uh, you know she was working this weekend. And if you you were in the neighborhood, why don't you drop by? And and then Sean is like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe well, kind of got a hankering for some uh, uh, rum raisin. I I guess you know before sexting, that's that was sort of the extent of our our, our flirting and stuff, um, comparing you to ice cream flavors. Anyway, so so the 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 fateful Saturday 
arrived and and Betty was was working with her coworker and uh, at some point Betty went behind uh went to the back to get some I don't know sampling spoons or something and then she came out and her coworker is quite excited she's like oh there's some guy uh he just came up here and he was asking you know, uh, asking for you well well you know he actually asked if I was Betty and I said no 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 Betty is the woman who just went in into the back and and he just he went and sat right over there and she pointed she pointed to a booth and, and the booth was empty um sean sean had fled i guess sean had sort of seen betty and uh when he sort of realized that betty wasn't the one he was talking to but the one the uh you know the russet potato shaped woman who went in, into the back of the uh ice cream parlor um that was betty he uh he decided not what like what he saw and he 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 fled and he just literally did the old disappearing act he phone calls stopped and the poetry stopped and betty never heard from him ever again and you know i was actually quite i was quite upset i i thought that you know this this sean guy you know obviously he had started something and, and i i thought maybe he should finish it and i i kind of asked betty well you know give me his phone number i really want to call him and i don't know yell at him or so i don't even know what i w- would do if i i got through to him but but um so when uh, internet dating started to happen, I kind of I sort of saw the parallel that uh, that this was much like uh, Sean and Betty, and 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 I didn't really want to do that to a woman. So I, you know, I've always tried to make sure I'm not writing writing these kinds of checks to a woman I, I've not met. And and fortunately, women tend to be um, they're not they're not quite the spazzes us nerd single nerd guys are and and they don't tend to write a whole lot of checks they're not willing to cash but again uh, you know some once in a while they do and and it's important to uh you know to keep that in mind to uh not to not not hold them to uh cashing those checks not everybody uh was fortunate enough to sort of bear witness this this, this uh Betty Sean train wreck you have anything to add uh Lawrence uh, yeah, okay, I oh, guess we should tell, bring people up to date on what happened to Betty. Uh, yeah, Betty, she's living with a guy, common law. Uh, she's got like four kids, all very cute, red-haired. Every one of them has red hair. Uh, so yeah, things things worked out for Betty in the end, despite the, the amazing uh, heartbreak. All right, so topic two is like, when, when is a date a date? date. Now, now, obviously, with things like, you know, okay, Cupid and Plenty of Fish, you're pretty sure that when you are out on a first date, that that's a date. Um, but sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll meet a woman in some other uh, capacity. I mean, uh, like, maybe you belong to Yelp, or like, meet up, or even old school way, like, you know, work, or at a coffee shop or something like that and uh and then you know, you'll 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 go out and you'll think like you know is this a is this a are we out on a date are we not out on a date and 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 to me a, a date kind of it it basically takes two to to tango um that, that that both people to call it a date both people basically have to have the opinion that this is this is a way of sort of meeting and getting to know each other and kind of you know just uh i don't know sort of sort of beginning to grow the emotional tendrils that lead to lead to some kind of a, a relationship um 
not some kind of friendship. And I guess, and to, to be blunt, I guess, I mean, ultimately, the, the thing that, at least for me, I don't know, I don't know how the kids are doing it these days, but, but for me, the thing that defines what a relationship is, is uh, it, basically nudity. Um, you know, I don't get naked with my female friends. I get naked with a woman that really, really likes me or loves me and I really really like or love her so so basically yeah I guess I mean ultimately uh, dating is both people are just basically and they're killing time until they can actually get naked together um, that's that is dating so if you know if only one person is like yes I would like to maneuver this person into some nudity and the other person is like boy, I, you know, I, I can't wait to tell him about uh, my new boyfriend, then that is sadly not a date. All right, final topic, uh, what I call deal killers. Now, now, a lot of women have what I call deal killers. You know, they will not date a man who X some, has some quality or lacks some quality. But a lot of times men men don't have, men don't have deal killers. Ugh. I, I sort of eventually realized this. I, I had a male friend who, um, and he swore up and down he'd never ever date a woman who smoked. You know, he was—he's actually—he's very passionate about it. Uh, and then I, I pointed out to him that, that if, you know, some amazingly sexy woman—I mean, just right in every way—you uh, know, kind of completely came on to him. You know, would he would he reject her because she she was a smoker? Uh, and he kind of you know had to admit, you know, no, no, he would not actually reject her. So uh, I sort of realized that, you know, most, most men have very few actual deal killers. Um, uh, men, we, we tend to have, and you know, we tend to have aspirations. You know, I want X, Y, and, uh, and Z, or as we say in Canada, Z. Uh, uh, but sometimes a hot thing comes running along and, you know, what we think of as standards get left on the roadside with, uh, with the trash. Um, you know, buy me a drink, sailor? Y yes. Like I say, I know a lot of women who, you know, to be made of uh, tougher stuff and, um, you know, more power to them. And, uh, you know, they all, they, they seem to actually reject, um, you know, sponge-worthy guys because, you know, they, they actually have, you know, one or more deal killers. Like for some women, like, you know, d you know dating her ex's friend seems like a, a, a no-go for, for women, but yeah, oddly not so much for men. I mean, you, you've probably experienced this, you know, men in, in, in the listening audience. The man in the listening audience, you know, like the moment your 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 girlfriend gets back in the market, you know, these, these so-called friends of yours go for her. There just seems to be no uh, no honor among single men. And uh, some, sometimes you will think like, well, no, 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 I, you know, I, I rejected, you know, a woman because she didn't have, you know, she didn't have this quality or that quality. But, but I think sometimes too, like our, our deal killers are, uh, they're post hoc rationalizations for not actually, you know, dating a person. Men, we we always want to control our own history. Uh, we want to control our own mythology. You know, we don't ever want uh, others to say, you know, boy, that Carl is shallow. And so we, we, we do a lot to sort of maintain this mythology about our, ourselves. So 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 it's only natural that, like I say, that, you know, that we sort of reject a woman because he's for, for, I don't know, baser reasons that that a lot of times you know when we talk to our friends we'll we'll pull out these you know these plausible deal killers like like one time i when i was living in korea i, I met this woman and she was uh you know she was a naturopath and you know i'm i mean i'm the, 
science-based medicine. I'm very skeptical, very, very rational. And, 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 uh, but you know, I, I, I told myself, I just can't, I can't get beyond her, her belief in, you know, acupuncture and, uh, you know, Reiki and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, she, I don't know, she really seemed to like me. And, but, but I think at the end of the day, I was living in Korea, so she just wasn't kind of that super cute, you know, Korean woman that, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, you know, cause you're the foreigner, you can, you, you definitely can punch a little above your, your, your weight in, in Korea playing, playing the foreigner card. But ultimately, like I say, I didn't want to have to admit to myself, you know, that I, I, I was shallow. So, uh, you know, I just kind of just told myself, no, 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 no. We'll just, we'll just probably argue all the time and this is never going to work. Lawrence, you, you have any deal killers? Mac, Mac users? Oh, they're not they're not so bad. Yeah, okay. Alright, so well we'll wrap that up. Thank you uh for listening to episode two of OK Cubecast. Again, I am Carl Mamer, your Cubecast master, and and a big thanks to Lawrence for uh I guess I don't know, making sure my microphone wire didn't get tangled up in my in uh, my gesticulating uh, hands. All right, and bye-bye. Ba-da-da-da. Ba-da-da-da. Ba-da-da-da.